in the housing market. I'm Kyle Morris with Morris Property Group and FC Tucker. Hi guys, Shelly Walters with FC Tucker. And Megan Wise with Keller Williams. So we asked Megan to join today. Another yeah. awesome agent here. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to mastermind. It is, it is. So we, we go over the stats and kind of, there's a bunch of stuff we were talking about that we probably just need to put on the podcast. But one of the things we want to talk about is your iWire, uh, was it Indiana yeah, Women in Real Estate? That's right. I feel like that's all the letters. <laughs> Say that um, again clearly. iWire, which is Indiana, <laughs> for the Indianapolis. Indiana. Indiana. Indiana Women in Real Estate. And yeah. so my understanding of it from outsider looking in, yeah. because I am not a female, um, which we can get into, okay. is <laughs> that, you're not that a is female? for, <laughs> I mean, that feels self-explanatory, <laughs> but we can totally yeah, dive into it. But, um, <laughs> is that is, it's kind of a, I don't even call it an organization, it's, it's like a co-op of, of women who are looking into like, how do you get into real estate investing, how do you mm -hmm. grow a business, mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneurial activities, and kind of just like uplifting everybody yeah. um, who's a female, um, and specifically kind of like around real estate in general. And like for me, like I get to see that you guys are doing it, and I wish there was something yeah. uh, for me. And, and, mm -hmm. and what you were talking about is like you, you may open it up, yeah. um, and I actually don't think you should because like it's on me to go create something like yeah, that or no. somebody else. And I think it's cool that you kind of are exclusive yeah. with it. Well, yeah, I you like have, it. You yeah, said you've been I'm, asked. No, I've been torn because um, we've had such a great turnout like organically. It just like, like warms my cold heart that like <laughs> so heart. many people came the first session. Like, and it was like something that was my brainchild. That was a recreation of something of a mastermind that I'd done in 2019. I was building a team and... I wanted to make my team better and I had a national coaching, but I wanted local coaching. I just feel like we, we know the local market mm -hmm. and we can bounce things off of each other. So I went and I called everyone I thought that was a team leader. I emailed people I'd never spoken to, never met, just you know done deals with. And we all got together and there was like 10 of us and we got together and met monthly. And it really like changed several of our lives. Like Jamie Bower, Carrie Holly, me, we all, I think partly because of that time in our life right before COVID, we got together and we shared, how do you do your team? What do you do? How can I make it better? And we were willing to have an attitude of abundance. And I'm seeing that on a national panel that I was on, uh, the Rethink panel with Berkshire Halfway Home Services. It was the top like 40 under 40. So when I got into that, it opened my eyes that there is people, there are people who want to share and who care and will you know, share resources, anything they want. And I was a national level, I was like, I want this locally. And so they had inspired us, uh, Berkshire Hathaway Corporate, and said, you guys should go to your hometowns and make a local one, a rethink. But for me, I wanted to be broker agnostic because I wanted to meet people outside of my brokerage and just pick their brain, and they wanted to pick mine. So it was this beautiful thing in 2019, and COVID killed it, and that was okay, you know? And uh, so it's a re resurrection of that, and it was really just a, like everything you said, but we had such great turnout um, and we also want to be inclusive of everybody that wants to have this kind of knowledge but i've had a lot of males come reach out and say they will are they can they come would they like to come or just the to certain topics were really appealing to them so our original brainchild was to have um, one for iwire and then create a second one called collab real estate collab where anybody can come but we knew that we couldn't do both at the same time. Yeah, that would be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I did tell everyone I wanted to do one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, and they're like, no, take it down a notch, just yeah. do one. So we, You're a little we, busy to do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know, right? So we started IWAR and it's been going great, but we're actually um, going to start in January a real estate collab open to anybody because we do appreciate 
uh, opinions of males, right? And we do appreciate all the different sides of people and everyone wanting to share is just really cool. And that's really the reason. So um, maybe you and I could do it together. I would love that. Because the interesting thing, like you're saying like, you know, these top producers and you did all this um, uh, pre-COVID and one of the biggest struggles I have had is finding other team leads at this level yes. to discuss the problems exactly. I have to deal with, how do you grow certain yes. things, whether you even want to grow. Yes. It's just a lot. And so I love the broker agnostic. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, like that's what I did. I reached out to other brokerages. Obviously I did it within Tucker, but you know, I would go and talk to Rodney and Amanda Hurd and yeah, like a lot of these cool. other large teams. Mm -hmm. And I take little bits and pieces to figure out how I grow, but they were always very transparent with me. Yeah. But that's hard to find. Just because I found some who were doesn't mean everybody is. That's right. Um, well, then they won't come. Well, but it was just neat because like I've had that same experience. And so when you sit there and you're talking to Carrie or Jamie or any of these ladies, what ends up happening is like I just need a support group yeah. because like, hey, I think this is an idea. I want to yeah. bounce it off what, somebody yes. who thinks who similarly. Could... And how do I step into the fear of it? Yeah, exactly. Because we all have this little mini organization that we're running, and we're we're CEOs of the team, and that's a very important, in my opinion, a role and a job. And I take it very seriously. Anybody that works quote under me or on my team, like that's their life and their careers in my hands. I'm their mentor, I'm their trainee. And so I take it very seriously and I wanted to know what everybody else was doing. I'm a like, lifelong learner, always asking questions. And so I started asking questions and the people will answer are your people, right? Yeah. And so I um, I actually started doing a monthly coffee with Clay Burris, um, who just recently moved to High Garden because he's a, a large team. And we just said, it's just so nice to say, would you hire this person? What's, yeah. What are your problems with this teammate and how can I motivate them? Or should I just cut them loose? Like those kind of higher level conversations are not happening on the day-to-day -day floor of a brokerage they are and, and not only that like I, I don't think people understand to be like at the kind of level that we're at um it's lonely when it comes yeah. to advice it just is yeah. very very lonely life because people either want to insert their opinion of what they think you should be which right. may not work with your model right yes. or they just don't relate because they aren't at the same size or they're afraid to talk mm -hmm. to you because they see you as competition, which I, you know, yeah, the competition, competition thing. That's, that's an insecurity. Yeah, what somebody. you're talking yeah. about is, you know, the competition is kind of gone in, in your group because everybody yeah. wants to help, but yeah. there is the mentality sometimes is like, I'm not gonna share with you because you, you'll find mm -hmm. out what I'm doing. And, mm -hmm. But in the end, there's just no way I feel that we're competing against each other. There's plenty of business out yeah. there. And the yeah. more we help each other, the more we will all do better. That's all true. And the only people that will take your advice and execute, those are the ones that should be rewarded anyways. Because yeah. you can give 10 pieces of advice and they won't take any of them. Yeah. So I'm happy to share. And if they follow through, then you're a quick start and I want to hire you. Because you listened. You asked the right questions to the right person. Yeah. Like Those are the people I want around me. I want people to push me. I had um, Zeta Zakonovich was on my team at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services and she she pushed me. She was 10 years younger and she came in and like she went from like 5 million to like 20 million in like three years. And like that inspired me as a leader because I was like, wow, like watching her and how she was new to the town and just helping her to develop who she was. Um, that was really cool. We, you know, our team meetings, we have meetings, we have one-on-one -on -one accountabilities, we have weekly meetings. We have great camaraderie and culture, and that's really important for each team. Mm -hmm. But as team leaders, it does get lonely. And unfortunately, there's a lot of brokerages that don't support teams or creations of teams. And that's a, that's a fact. And so um, I'm really excited about our new brokerages because we are looking for team leaders. 
we want all team leaders to come together and figure out the best way and it's backed by systems and models like the MRA book the million dollar real estate agent book which yep. you know you're familiar with yeah. there's four different models in there so if you're brand new and you're creating a team you can go hmm do I go that model do I go that model you can see a blueprint of where your career could go if you plan it out a lot of people just say, I'm going to create a team and go, oh, you can you cover me on vacation? I'll cover you. Oh, we're a team right. now. Yeah, <laughs> okay. fees and stuff. And, that's yeah. okay. and everybody can do it however they want to do it. Yeah, that's the beauty of real estate. We can do whatever we want. I like to back it with data and science and models mm -hmm. and systems because I'm running a business. And so a lot of people don't think on that higher level. I think they do now, but when I was coming up, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years, there wasn't a lot of support as there even is now. No, but I knew no. that, and that's why I was really inspired about iWire. I actually was traveling in Florida with my son's basketball tournament, and I was looking at memories on Facebook one night after they gone to bed. And then the mastermind of 2019, I, that was such a cool experience. I want to recreate that, because I was changing my career, leaving Berkshire Hathaway and going to Keller Williams, and I was lonely, and I wanted outreach and support. And I also remember like when I was a young broker, you know, just like the next gen, there's no one there going, if you want to grow a team, here's a footprint. You hire the assistant first, then you get a showing, a showing agent. So nobody gave me those steps. I had to fall and fail forward. I remember being in that position. That the constant question was, is it time? Is it time? Yeah. Yeah. And by the time you think it's time, it's too it's late. It's way too late. Yeah. That's yeah. so right. totally different. I just did. Everybody <laughs> told me not to do it. And I was like, I'm just going to do uh, it anyway. But you just got an assistant, yeah. though. You finally got an assistant. Yeah, I know. But for me, deal. it was, but even though I did it, I didn't grow. Like, everything I did with it was, had intent and yeah. was thought out and everything. Like So, like, I read the book. And I was like, I like this, I like mm -hmm. this. I, like, I didn't pick one of the models. I took something yeah, from each perfect. of the four. That's exactly it, right. Because it's, it's still all works. It's your business, yeah. yeah but, it does and it's work. all built around culture and all this stuff because that's the most important thing to me. But it is, like, I don't think every team lead is comfortable Correct. stepping out of their brokerage to go talk to other people. Because they're like, what does this mean? I'm like, it means I'm you know, my brokerage should appreciate I'm doing yeah. this to grow my team, yeah. which helps grow the brokerage. Yeah, exactly. And there's plenty out there who are willing to talk. I think other team leads are afraid to reach out. Yeah, I, that's why I yeah. think a collab, let's start one in January. I think a collab of like, hey, team leaders, male, female, or whatever, come and let's just kind of talk about the pain points of being a team leader. Because there are, it is lonely. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to share because of the lack of attitude of abundance. Which, um, you know, I think that you, and I've learned in the last couple of years is you can pick yourself up and move into a place of happiness and an attitude abundance and control your mindset by controlling the people around you. Yep. If you have a toxic assistant, you should probably let that person go. There's a million people that could be a better assistant. You know, like everyone just forces a square peg in a round hole on these teams. If something's not working, they need to, they need to address it. But you don't know because if you're not talking to somebody else, it's all talk therapy. It's just yeah, like, yeah, right. you know. Well, and they don't know if it's not normal. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, is exactly. it normal? Is, is this normal? normal? Do I just put up with this? Yes, yeah. exactly. So but I always remember when I've been teaching different things with my board, different classes, was one of the things in dealing with more of the newer agents is them not having the mentality that this is a business. Correct. Yeah. So the business model is foreign to a lot of people. It's like, yeah. I don't understand why people come into real estate and don't look at this as actually a business. You are running a business. The problem is our schooling, our teachers in the school, the real estate school, which I have a whole issue with, is how people are getting trained to get into this career. That's the problem. No one's teaching them at the school-based level. We're yeah. still teaching them about, you know, the, the square foot of a, of a land acre. When I go, you know? um, I go and, like, speak to, like, chopper agents when they're new and all this stuff, and, like, the main thing I teach, especially on my team, is 
like fiscal responsibility, mm -hmm. like how do you set yourself up as a CEO? Mm -hmm. Like don't go buy the Range Rover and you know, like all these things. And I'm like, I don't buy something unless I can buy it twice yes. because I never want to have commission or dollar amount impact how I operate my business. Yeah. So like if you're just patient, then you get to operate from this ultimate freedom. Yeah, exactly. Most people just aren't patient. That's exactly That's right. It. And, and encouraging the younger gen to listen to us. We'll listen to you about your TikTok and your Instagram and all yeah. the rules. Like, I'm, I'm kind of there. I don't really know what I'm doing. I want you to teach me. But I'll teach you fiscal responsibility, you know, and I'll teach you the model of if you, when you hit so many units, you need to have an assistant if you want to grow. And the biggest people, the biggest issue for most people are either they want more time or more money, but the brokerages don't know how to teach that. Mm -hmm. And they actually, most of them probably don't care about the day-to-day -day broker. They care about their bottom line, right? And that's okay, but we have to constantly fight that yeah. of complacency and comfort. Or like you think you're, okay, I, I need help, but then this is gonna cost me a dollar amount that isn't going to be reciprocated up front, mm -hmm. right? Like this right. is gonna be an investment fee. Yeah. Yeah, there's always a, do that. yeah, there's a growing time when that you when we say you need to get to the point where you're finally thinking you need an assistant, it's probably time. And right yeah, too late. <laughs> yeah. So Trust then me. you do, then you bring down your take home because you're now paying an assistant, but give it six to eight months where that assistant's gonna give you time and give that all back to you where you are now yeah, being able to grow time. you out. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. building your business, so you'll see an increase. It's not gonna be immediate. But, but you gotta find the right person to tell you that, and that's, yeah, you that's know, for exactly me it was, um, you know, Mary did that, right? Pavel and uh, mm -hmm. McKissick did that, and they kind of taught me some things where I was like, I, it, it wasn't that whether I'm ready or not, I was thinking about it wrong on the, uh, like how it was an investment, if that makes sense. And then it's like, hey, I don't need $40,000, you need, 10 for three months right yeah. and so like you just start projecting as a business owner a bottom line and blah 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 and then you get full of fear and you're like let's just push this off and the next yeah. thing you know you're doing 100 transactions a year and you work 80 hours a week that has been my life for like two and years. things are and starting to slip through horrible. the holes when you're doing that much business and you're dealing with paperwork and your job things mm. start to fall apart no and i'm hard. disappointed that nobody told you to get an assistant you know four years ago Three years ago. So they did, um, but, but they, they told me to get an to assistant before I brought on a team member, and I didn't agree with that. Yeah, it's you know? okay. Yeah. yeah. It's um, okay. And then I just it, I started drinking from a fire hose, mm -hmm. and, and then my capacity always. was dealing with the other stuff before I could slow down. Right. Then but then it became and a then pain you're busy, point. busy, 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 right. and you don't have time because it takes time to hire an assistant. It, well, you got to so find the right person. Yeah, it's hard. My pain point was I was supposed to have a meeting with the CEO of a nonprofit. And I had so much going on, you know, I got a text saying, hey, I'm, I got a table for us. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not even on my calendar, yeah. right? And I was like, we got, and I was like, I can never let that happen. No, they can't. So it was through pain I experienced it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to do that as a professional or as a CEO myself. And I was like, we need to, <laughs> we need to wrap yeah, some yeah, things I mean, up here. A virtual assistant is the perfect option for, yeah. for every mega broker. I wish I would have started mine years and years and years ago. So the virtual assistant is something that I just can't wrap my head around. Why? I don't know. I just can't wrap my well, head around. Well, it doesn't sound like you have a good reason, so you just hire one. <laughs> well, and the thing Contempt is, is I've seen people, investigation. Well, yeah, people yeah. have them and say they're great. And I'm like, how yeah, do you do that? Because I, I have to like, I don't know. Just an assistant working from home. Yeah. yeah. Five, texting me and emailing me yeah. all day and yeah. I tell them what to do. And it's not a ton per transaction for what you get. Um, I don't do it, but we've talked to them yeah. before. and. Um, like, it, I mean, it's a thing that really works. I know it's it really a thing, does. yeah. It's just something to the learn high, about. It's a high-level assistant, yeah. yeah. And I think that's something, like in collabs, you can say, hey, 
who is like one ma mastermind, we call them masterminds in a week or a month or whatever the, the, the rhythm is, but we say, hey, who has a virtual assistant? Let's come and talk about it. How do you manage one? How did you hire one? Who do you like? Who do you don't like? Like, mm -hmm. what's the best practices for having one? What are the pain points you didn't see coming in? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. what does it not fill? What does it do that you That's didn't think it would? That's a whole meeting right there. It yeah. Is. So my question is for on the, just on the virtual assistant is, do they normally have um, more than one agent they're working for? Or are yes. Mine is dedicated only to me. But I know time. some that do plenty of people, and so my concern was, well, how will they be personal towards my brand? Mm -hmm. But I've engaged with that person through other ones, and I know they work with multiple agents, mm -hmm. and it felt personal to the brand. Like yeah. I just couldn't. It's a wrap job. My head it's departmentalized. It's just a yeah. job. It's a freelance job, like most freelance people, like graphic design or you know okay. whatever. But and they know. know what they're doing because that's their job. So I always say, stay in my lane. Yeah, well, yeah. company trained my my company um, trained my VA um, mm. for a week on Boomtown, which is my CRM, and QuickBooks, which is what I wanted my help help for, uh, and database. So they chose, they gave me five people to interview, and I did a, a five minute you know Zoom with everybody, and then I looked at their resume and chose who I thought was a great fit. She texts me when she starts. She texts me when she ends. I have the day report. The um, and I already talked about it and researched it. And uh, my fiance Josh had one. He said the problem was is if you don't have anybody telling them what to do, and they they want more things to do. So filling their plate if you're not organized. So thankfully, I have plenty of things for her. That's to do. the hard mm -hmm. part. It's like I just need you in my brain. Right. That's the hard what part. I is I need this done. I need this done. And then you're like, oh. all I do. I mean, you just text, text put this on my calendar. Done. Uh, yeah. Do run, run an Excel spreadsheet for the last whatever I need done. I mean, it's it's. I think people overthink it. It's just somebody mm -hmm. working in their home helping you that doesn't live here. Yeah. And you got to be. So I mean, I've done things where I gave it a shot, and was just willing. Like we're gonna give this a six month shot, to see if it works and doesn't. And I think some people are afraid to even do that, right? Like let's just give yeah. this a run, see if it works or doesn't work. Is it a fit or not a fit? Yeah. And then we just no one. I reserve the yeah. right to change my mind. You have to have a baseline level of professionalism if you want to run a team or be a team leader. So testing things out, what's gonna make your life and your team members life easier is like your job. Like you should be investing in things like this yep. to make you better and then you can inspire your team. Yeah, I'm up front with them. I'm like, just give me some grace to make decisions that I reserve the right to change my mind on, but it's always for the best always. thing. And, and you have to be vulnerable as a team lead to be like, hey, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try stuff, yeah. but it's for everybody's benefit, but just know like they, they may not all be winners. They may no, not all stick. No, you know? they're not. I hired a, a national coach, and she was great for about four or five months, and I used her for what I needed her for, but it got to the point where she was helping me also. We were doing some trainings with the team, and after a while, the team, you know what? You can't teach old dogs new tricks, and yeah. there was just a lot about pipelines and database, and if you if you don't get that inside your psyche as a realtor when you're young or a new worker, it's really hard to go got to go back and scrub the database. You have to have a database, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that just having these kind of trainings and just everyone talking honestly about what, what you can do, what you can, can't do with an assistant, I mean, I think it's really important and we should keep talking about these kind of things because they can make, have a better like life balance if you yeah. have a good assistant. It could change your life. And it, it raises the level of professionalism, which is what we need. We always talk yeah. about that. Yeah, can't just deadlines and contracts or, yeah, you know. Yeah. Time is of the essence, as they say. What's some of the things that come up that people want to talk about? What do you see as the top uh, concerns or anything that you're starting to put on the? the oh, for like our eyewire. Yeah. Like we're our next one is on next Wednesday, November first. Can't believe it's November already. Yeah. And um, I'm actually going to lead it. It's going to be an open mastermind, a moderated of just like let's talk about the happiness culture. Let's talk about how we can choose our mindset and how if you have happy at home, you know how do we get it at work? If you don't have it at work, how do you get it there? 
So mostly just like, especially going into the holidays, everyone just gets in that holiday craze or rush and stress. And it's just like, let's take a step back and just be happy that COVID's gone and we're back to work and life's okay and it's the sun's shining, you know, just the simple things of choosing mindset. So we're doing that in November and then we have a big focus on um, taxes and CPA stuff for January. That sounds horrible. I'll miss that one. <laughs> so on um, Wednesday, do you want to introduce everybody to where it is and if they want to join? Oh yeah, so everyone is welcome. Males too. Okay. Um, uh, happiness. So it's going to be Wednesday, November 1st at 10 a.m. at 9800 Cross Point. It's the old Marsh building. It's off of uh, 69 and 106. Um, and 10 to 11, just come show up and uh, go down the stairs. The secretary knows every Wednesday people are coming in and out all the time. So you don't, if you don't need to sign up, message me, but 10 to 11 on Wednesdays. Yeah. So 9800 Cross Point is our address, but text me, yeah. Yeah, so you'll give your information at the end so okay. anybody can reach out to you and, sure. and get on your list. Yeah, yeah. okay, great. Because we have a lot of agents who watch, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it tends that's to be our, our bigger focus. Um, these days. I mean, obviously we have consumers and, and so that's one of the things is we go into the market, mm -hmm. um, like we obviously have consumers and just average citizens or whatever uh, who listen, but I was telling you guys, you know, I got a phone call from somebody who's a renter talking about they were reading an article that sales were down, right? And that's as far as they went into it. And I was like, okay, we need to explain this for a second. And I, I felt bad because I'm explaining to him what that data means. And I'm like, here's the problem I have. I'm trying to educate you, but because of my position, how do I do it without selling, sounding salesy, Yeah. right? Because of course I, you know, people think I want to spin it in a positive light. It's just that the data, I would actually argue, the media is trying to spin it in a negative light, mm -hmm. right? Because sales are down. You know, first thing you think of when I say that is prices, mm -hmm. right? When what they're really saying is, yeah units right because inventory is a major problem yeah. which is going to cause a price problem in the next year and a half because mm -hmm. there's just as rates will come down prices are not coming down they're not right so even we talked about it last week because we were talking about price reductions and it's disproportionate you're seeing a lot of them but people are still getting less price and it, it's very agent dependent on my stats show them. 99 to 100 percent list to sale ratio still right and yeah. so but when you look at it um and it says that the sales are down or, or even like so I see price reductions and we talked about this last week so I think in coming into October or September uh, prices have gone down like five percent which was still eight percent above mm -hmm. where they were in April yeah right but all it says is you know prices Price are down that. five percent right and then let alone that's just since April you take that into 2022 2021 okay. like you are up like a net whatever yeah. like who knows what like, yeah at least right mm -hmm. so but that's not what gets conveyed it's like sales are down price adjustments five percent down in october september whatever well i think it was september mm -hmm. um and we're like that's just like that's accurate but a poor narrative if yeah. that makes sense yeah because we say data the data is used in so many different ways. Yeah, when the media comes out and says something, it's like, how did you use the data you have in front of you to make it sound bad? Because they don't want to talk about positive. They wouldn't even put it on if well, there was positive news. news. Right. Yeah, it's not news. So that's always a negative spin, whatever we listen to in the news. Well, I think the consumers are worried about there's a housing crash. Yes, coming. I and I'll, I just sit here and look at the numbers, and I'm insanely worried about where prices are going to go. Yeah, because all I see is the lack of inventory. That's and right. we talk about too, as soon as these interest rates, if they do go down to even six, you know, mm -hmm. 
everybody comes out. Everybody, the buyers will come out in droves, and yeah, here we yeah. go again. So There's already so. buyers struggling to get homes right now. I mean, there's only multiple offers on any of these real estate right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but the weird thing is that people think it's like immediate. And so what I've been seeing is multiple offers at 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, it's yeah. just so totally different. So really it's totally mm -hmm. different than the norm, but the consumer as a seller is also panicking, right? Yeah. And buyers are taking oh. low shots and yeah. like, I just don't think there's enough education to the consumer of how to navigate this market. No, and again, that comes down from our brokerage to our team leaders, right? Like we need to be training our, our agents better. We have to be doing better. And mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's anybody that's willing to step up and is actually doing like real, I think there's pockets of us, but that, you know, this is why podcasts like this are really important because I think that there's not great training and an everyday or a new agent can listen to this and be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And that's why I think meeting like this is so important. And that's why we do the stats is we always say out loud, these yeah. are the stats of what we're seeing. Use them on your listing appointments. Yeah. Use them whenever you go out. Um, I'll just say real quickly, I do very strong conversations with my sellers and buyers yeah. about what they're getting to ready to walk into from Good. what I've seen. Yeah. But I had the same conversation with my sellers who um, just had their house put on the market and um, on the second day after we had showings, you know, one day and the next day, they called me and they're like, what's going on? We, we don't have an offer. And even though I had prepared them to understand that, you know, average days on market is 20 to 25 is your average days on market. It's been a week. They were very concerned at two days. Yeah. Even though I talked to them. So yeah, even though you set the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. you have, let alone if you have a newer agent or whatever, and I haven't been doing it as long, but I feel like I did kind of have a really good pulse of the sure. market you know people are doing price reductions when your average days on market is like 30 days and like i wouldn't what are we doing here yeah, people no, like, it's again poor education poor training like yeah. no one's it scares me because you know there's a lot of uneducated brokers out there doing deals that are either killing deals or are killing it for the, these buyer agents or these buyer clients they don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. and they're and they're telling them it's okay to low law like it's 99 percent list to sale price it's not okay to low law like, why do we not know that data? Like, that's a problem in my book. Yeah, right. Well, do you want the house or do you not want the house? Right. Like, people are always, the conversation I already have is like, you don't need the deal on top of the deal. No. Right? Like, it's already been sitting and you're in a non-competitive situation yeah. with an offer. Yeah. That's the deal, yeah. you know, compared to what we're used to. Yeah. And then, like I said, you know, we got one that was like 150 on your list. We're like, we're not even engaging this. No. But then the weird thing is, is we had one go um, under contract with a first strike contingency. And as soon as that got put into the system, mm -hmm. we had eight showings. Yeah. Um, it had been on the market like 90 yeah. days, right? And now some people are like, well, we were waiting to see yeah, how low you go. My penthouse down the street here when we listed, we had um, several showings didn't pen. And then the second I penned first strike, I got like five showings. Yep. Like after like 60 days. Well, we talk about that too. So if we have somebody who's been on the market for let's just say seven days, all the people that have come through it, they're in that mindset now, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Let's just yeah. see what yeah. happens. Well, now I've got a roster of five, six, seven agents that have mm -hmm. said, let me know. Well, yeah. the second right. somebody shows interest, I let you know, and now nine people are interested. So you're, mm -hmm. you're only setting your buyer up to fail in regards to a multiple That's offer situation. Correct. And you stop. So if you mm -hmm. if you throw your offer out right away mm -hmm. and, and not worry about well, maybe we could get it for ten fifteen yeah. twenty thousand less if we just wait, no, you're going to end up paying more because now we've got a multiple offer situation. You're yeah. you're you're drawing the multiple situ multiple offer yeah, situation out. Yeah. And if you come in, 
with your best foot forward, my seller is gonna be more willing to work with you. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of it, where all these other people are trying to get it for an extra $10,000 off, right? Which is right, gonna be right. like $80 a month yeah, or something. Yeah. It's just not, not worth that. it. And more than likely, it's not gonna happen. I always, you're gonna go above less if you end up making your buyers set in that situation. I always tell people, you, you'll never remember that you paid $10,000 over the, for, but you will always remember the house you didn't get for 5,000. So true. Yeah. It's over. never the wrong time to buy the right house. It isn't. It's not. Well, we also say over and over again that we are, aren't in the situation where if you're start looking at houses and you know that you're gonna end up paying over list by 20, 30, $40,000 and do that um, appraisal gap where you may pay that all in cash mm -hmm. because it didn't appraise, we aren't doing that now. So to sit and hope that you can get it now for 10 under, just list is a good deal. <laughs> list price is a good deal. Well, well this is a, another problem, like a twist, because I mostly do sellers, is that I see a lot of newbie agents or um, uh, you can be in this business for 10 years, but have only sold 100 houses. You know, mm -hmm. you and I sell hundred houses a year, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So though they've been there longer, they don't know they don't know your they knowledge, they don't much. have your experience. So I do like one side note of that is when you mentioned you didn't done it as long, but it's about the units and experience within those units. It could happen in three years, it could happen in fifteen, right? So I want the person that's done the units and has their finger like on the market, on the pulse on the market. But I just think it's it's the flip side of that is that so many people are throwing a number on the listings and they're underpricing and then they're telling everyone they have multiple offers and they had 80 showings. Like that's still happening where uneducated brokers are leaving money on the table and then calling it a, a multiple offer situation. Yeah, I have one right now because of that because I, I try so hard to avoid that. And it's such a difficult house to comp I was like, I can give you two numbers and totally justify it. I'm just paying for a pre-appraisal at this point mm -hmm. because like, it's like, I will do you a disservice one way or the other and I can support both data points. Mm -hmm. And so like, let's get a pulse of like what a, a, an appraiser is going mm -hmm. to be at because ultimately that's what it's going to come down well, to. Well, and right? I would challenge you not to do that again and then I trust that you know more. So yeah, because we know I would the prices all of them, come in low. This, one, this one's a weird one. I would trust your opinion over yeah. an appraiser because they they you know they're not local and you are. I know it's a hard one. It's, it's it's actually the only time I've ever done it. But I appreciate that you did it. I've done it once in a in a high end luxury in Greenfield that nothing was supporting it. So like we I get it. Yeah. But um, this yeah. one's on like. Uh, Meridian, right? You so got it's it. like it's freaking all over everywhere. the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you call Joe Everhart, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you like, ask hey, him. Yeah, you know. yeah, there are agents that reach out to me and say, Can you help me with a comp? Yeah, I love that. House? You I know, I'm like, I'm willing to help and give uh, you an idea. Anytime I get a phone call, I'll give somebody advice. I know. I mean, it is, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind it of It takes nice. courage to call and it, and it's, it takes intelligence to reach out to somebody. Um, Eric Mayfield was at Remax and she just left and joined my team only organically in February. She called, she had a luxury listing and she did, she, she was new to the luxury market. She called every like 10 brokers and asked what, what's going on with your activity and your, uh, these were houses and guys. And I, she told me I was the only one that ever called her back. And oh. we ended up just talking, doing like a broker's open together. And then it, it led into a relationship and she was like, oh my gosh, you're so inspiring. And I was like, you're inspiring me because you're a hard hustle to call all the agents and ask for help. Like that's what, that's the right thing to do in this business. It is. That's how you serve There's your nothing client. nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to, if you don't ask questions, like I don't want you to be my realtor. And, yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can do stats real quick. Um, I, I know you said it was busy. I was dealing with uh, fall break in bo both of my areas because um, I know you were on fall break, yeah, right? Okay. Um, Fishers, it's really weird. So 28 went on the market anywhere from 229 to 929. 
20 of them are still active and so uh, only eight pending. But that's only eight pending that went on the market that week during fall break, because mm -hmm. 27 actually pending. So we've got a net one in inventory, right? Mm -hmm. There's 146 on the market, average days on market is 26, median is 17. Noblesville is even weirder when you look at it because 20 went on the market, 18 are active, only two pended last wow. week that were within seven days, but 20 pended last week. So it was a net zero for inventory with 139 on the market and it's still it's 21 days on market. Um, and so it's really weird because it's like things aren't selling really quick, but everything is selling, right? And we're just not picking up yes. any kind of inventory. I could add 10 in a week and it doesn't move the meter at all. Yeah, and it's just not happening even at that level. So, um, but that was Fishers and Noblesville. And fall break's kind of interesting anyways. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when we talk about all the holidays and 4th of July is, tends to be a dead week and stuff like that. But um, I was surprised. So I wasn't surprised that not much went on the market. I was surprised so much pended. Yeah, and the same thing happened in mine. Um, so Carmel, I did also pull in last week or last year's this week numbers just to see because we are hearing all this data from mm -hmm. the media and everybody it's it's less it's worse it's all that stuff that's not showing in my data we do this data and i keep it and so last year this week we were better this week yeah. than last year so kind of interesting that so interesting carmel had 36 hit the market and a year ago only 28 hit the market mm -hmm. so inventory is higher this week mm -hmm. and then in pendings for carmel 17 of those seven days wow. pended so 17 of those houses hit the market last seven days pended and a total 33 pended in carmel so it's busy out there more than what people seem to be trying to convey so that was almost an even um you know 36 hit 33 pended so there's currently 148 active in Carmel. That's a lot, that's a lot to have. And 151 were active last year. So we're even, we're the yeah. same. Uh, 99 sold in the past 30 days. This is where the number changes from last year to this year is 135 sold last year this week. So we're down about 40 in sales. Mm. Um, days on market for the past 30 days was 17 average, six median list to sale ratio. So low. 99.5%. So great market. Right. So the seven days was showing a pending um, of 20 days, and um, that's 17 for the past 30. So we're staying around 20. Westfield 18 hit the market, and three of those pended, but a total 20 pended. So more pended than actually hit the market. So mm. we're getting negatives there. Um, and then seven days, 18 went on the market in Westfield. Last year, 26 did. So Westfield's a little different. Uh, there's currently 202 active in Westfield. Um, and there were 185 active last year at the same time. And then sold 147 sold this year, this week, I'm sorry, this 30 days. Last year, 102. Wow. So Westfield's much higher in, yeah. in activity. I wonder if that's because yeah. of new construction There's and so new construction stuff. has the lowest rates right now. And so yeah, that's, that's right. probably why there's exactly. a little bit higher. But it does show there's inventory out there, there for is. the buyers if you want to go the new build route. And we keep saying it's probably a really Amazing good deals right now. Yeah, oh really good way to go. Um, so average days on market for the past 30 days in Westfield was 42 with a median of 22. And the list to sale ratio, 99%. Zionsville, eight hit the market, three of those pended, and um, last year, seven hit the market. So everything's showing even, Steven, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Active, 60, and then there's 33 that sold in the past 30 days, and there was an $8 million property there. Wow. So average days on market, average 51 in Zionsville and 15 um, medium. 
Right, and so when you we hear these numbers, and like I, I'd almost like to do like where we're at pricing wise mm -hmm. from last year to this mm -hmm. year, because people, so A, it, the narrative doesn't line up with what the stats line up with. Correct. They do month over month, right? Uh, but inventory is down. Um, and what, what we, we're not talking enough about is like, what does low inventory eventually create? And because people are just looking at, we're just too short focused, right? Like that's how our society is. And we're like, oh, this is happening this month. This is bad, this is bad, whatever. And we don't think about like, what does that equate to in six months, right. a year, 18 months? Mm -hmm. And we've almost been trained to not do it. like. It, to a certain extent, just because humans by nature were like, yeah, I need something quick, right? Yeah. So, it, well, it's a great point because if you were to buy this year at 7%, next year the house is gonna go up 50K and your rate's gonna be 6%, you're probably gonna have a better mortgage at 7% and a lower purchase price. Mm -hmm. or and that's assuming you don't need liquidity to come to pay over list price right. too. And right? that's very right. similar, yeah. And it's, it's just gonna be a similar mortgage payment. I just think the news media, just like we've talked about, is just very negative on rates. like. Rates are actually at the average that they've ever been in the life in our in the, in the yeah. economy's lifetime for U.S. housing. So it's just the the local buyers that end up, and I've experienced the first time buyers don't care about the rate. They don't. They do not care. They just. I don't even know what rate I got on my first house. Yeah, they don't know. They, I don't they, even know, know if just, I know on my second. You don't even house. understand. You're just like, okay, where do I sign? But like, yeah. our job is to make them understand, yeah. and that yeah, the rates like a high for the last like ten years, but you know they're probably going to adjust, and you can adjust at that time. But do you want to live in a house or do you want to keep throwing your money away on a rent? Mm -hmm. Do you want to build equity for a long term? Because in two years, this house can appreciate 100K. I just sold one in two years and um, they made $450,000 in one year. Um, another one in Fisher's uh, lower price point, they made $200,000 in two years. So do you want to, do you want to have $50 more mortgage payment and have equity in two years or do you want to keep throwing that money away? It's just, has to be educated, you know, and explained. It's hard because, but you're the only person telling them one thing while everybody else mm -hmm. is telling them something different. Mm -hmm. Well, right? and it gets and back hard. to what you said, is trying not to feel like we're trying to sell them, come buy a house yeah. for me. Yeah. I just don't want to see them making the wrong decision right. based on outside That's information. Right. And I think it's our job to, I'm not concerned about the salesy thing because I know that I'm genuine and I come yeah. from a place of good and that I have a servant heart and I want, if you're paying $2,000 a month rent, I can, you can get this house for $5,000 down and you can have an $18 a month mortgage or $2,200, stop buying Starbucks and you know that $200 a month difference, you'll be fine. You know, but like, I'm not afraid to have those kind of conversations with my clients and we shouldn't be. Yeah, oh, I'm not afraid of it. It's just that you want to make sure that they do understand that you are an expert in what you're That's doing. That's right. The interesting thing, so I don't ever with my clients because I've told people, hey, you should not be doing this, right? Like totally. I've told people not to yeah. buy a house. I've said, hey, that doesn't even make sense like don't sell this doesn't make sense for what you're actually trying to accomplish i don't have a problem there i just uh, and i just say it anyways i don't sure. really care but my concern is always the layman on the street not my clients right mm -hmm. because like that's the reality of it with our job like everybody will ask you that question well, um, and i'm just honest and walking through it everybody just but. seems to think that they know real estate like yeah. you know the layman yeah, like so you great. said it's you so know great. but they go and Zillow every night they know, yeah. they know or my they're... neighbor told me this or my oh, mom yeah, told me this that. and i'm like when is the last time they were in the process of uh, a whole contract from pending to end with yeah, yeah, I love my clients. Trust me, I have. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, the implicit trust is so cool when you get it because you can just. Now I, you're going to do, but a part of that is we have to let them know to trust us. Yeah, you know whether that's relationship building or providing value over the lifespan of home ownership. 
But I think once you get that buy-in from trust, it's really it's easy. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's more enjoyable to work with those clients than those that don't trust you. Well, it's really easy. You just gotta be honest and transparent. Yep. That's it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the confidence level that you have should mm -hmm. yes. go into them. Yeah, they should feel it. Yeah, like that exactly you're right. confident, okay, I'm relaxed now. Mm -hmm. But like we said, newer agents or agents that aren't paying attention to the market or to haven't sold enough houses to be into each contract and see how things are going. They don't have that confidence level and again new agents that are on my yeah. team i have that they're like how do i just like get that confidence level and it's like doing me as a team leader yeah. is to give them the knowledge and information yes. i have to try to give them their confidence correct to go and say that yeah. but it doesn't come easy because it just comes confidence comes from being in this from day to day yeah. to day and doing it and mm -hmm. i just tell them what i know and mm -hmm. i'm pretty the best is when you like, know what I'm doing. Yeah. When you're like, hey, we're gonna write this offer. They're gonna say this back. Then we're gonna say this yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, and We're yeah. gonna end up here, and it all plays out. That. And you're like, I, love I that. already know what. I already, you can see we're the gonna road. do the dance. Yeah, right. That. And that just happened to me. So my sellers were like um, wanting to counter um, lower than I wanted to counter, and they're like. Watch. It's fine. Yeah, I love Are you okay with this price? Because this is where we're going to end. Yeah, I'm like, I, I yeah. think I can get you another $10,000. And they're like, but, but, but. And I'm like, trust me. I love yeah. that. And we got it. I mean, it's just, it's so hard for them to, you know, we are taking care of their financial mm -hmm. situation. We are in charge of it. We have an extremely hard job of not being CPAs, not being, you know, tax accountants, not having any kind of that knowledge or training. And then these people are leaning on us because of the relationship we created that they do trust us for that kind of information. So it's a balancing act. So you need to know yourself and you need to have your finances in order. You know, obviously we all do because we're, we're CEOs at this point, but like that telling, you know, your newbie agents, this is a P&L, here's a marketing plan, here's an expense. It starts at those basics from team leaders down to those agents to build that confidence over. But it is hard because these clients will lean on our newbie agents for this information, like tax information or budgeting. And it's scary because they like, well, I don't even do that for myself. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are financial advisors, and that's that's a true statement. And I would, I don't want to put somebody in a position I wouldn't be okay in. Now, comfort right. levels, you know, it is it's what it is. Right. But at the same time, like, if it just doesn't make sense, like, I also don't want to be selling your house in a year because you no. can't afford it. And I tell them that. I say, hey, professionally, this is what I think you should do. Yeah. Uh, if it, we were just best friends, personally, I think this. I don't care about that right on level. You're on a slab. So yep. you don't need to mitigate, in my opinion, over the window. But professionally, I'm supposed to tell you, let's get a mitigation system in. Yep. It's the same thing yeah. I do. So. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Thank you for coming. Tell everybody again, uh, A, yeah. how to get a hold of you, and B, okay. where iWire is. Yeah. So I'm Megan Wise. We are, I'm in charge of the Wise Group. We are just moved into a brand new office in Geist. But we are also hosting our trainings and our seminars right now at 9800 Cross Point Boulevard. It's the Old Marsh Building. And we're there on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. So come on by, um, message or text or find me, LinkedIn, email, Facebook, and just say, hey, I wanna come, what's the details, and we'll share. But we want to include everybody, and we, we've learned that as people have come and you guys came and enjoyed yeah, the great. experience, it's right? A great event. It's just really, like, really cool to how naturally people are just coming and yearning for just additive abundance and sharing. And it's so cool. It's so cool we do want to make it something, we want to create something different. Mm -hmm. um, that that on, on that same level, because I've had several men reach out and go, can I come? Can I? But this is all so cool, but I don't think I'm allowed. <laughs> so it, there is a niche, there's a need. There is, there is. And how do they get hold of you? Oh, call me, text me, um, come by my house. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number? 317-937-0134, 317-937-0134.
Awesome. Yeah, thanks guys. My wife would kill me if I tell people to come by my house because people show up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, what are you doing? We live in like a brat house, so I have six kids under the age of 12, or five under the age of 12 in the house. We have six total combined in our blended family. So it's always a brat house, so just come on by. Well, the doors are probably all unlocked. You'll hear a lot of screaming from the kids playing. It's great. We love That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm Shelly Walters with Shelly Walters Realty Group and FC Tucker. You can reach me at my cell phone, 317-201-2601. Uh, and I'm Kyle Morse with Morse Property Group and FC Tucker. It's 317-649-5122. Thank you. See you next week. And next week we are talking to the CEO of IAR, Indiana Association of Realtors. And he's going to tell us all about these stats that we are talking about on the state and local level. The exact stats and numbers that they are pulling cool. from Indiana Association of Realtors. So it's going to be a really good, especially for agents to listen to and hear what's really happening out there. True facts. Yep. Real stuff. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you. Next time.